Hello and welcome back and thank you for tuning in to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. And today I'm speaking with Robin Small from the Law Enforcement Memorial and Museum in Washington, D.C. She's the Senior Director of Marketing and Media Relations. Welcome, Robin Small. Thanks, Jim. It's great to be here. So you're in Washington, D.C. Can you please tell us a little bit about the National Law Enforcement Memorial and Museum and and what your organization does? Oh, sure. Well, the the Memorial Fund, which was started in uh, the early 80s, has been around for quite some time. We have a three-pronged mission. Um, One is to honor the the fallen. The uh, next is to make it safer for those who serve. And the third is to educate the public about the history of American law enforcement, something we aim to do through our programming and through our museum, which is adjacent to our memorial in one nice campus in downtown D.C. Yeah, it's a beautiful memorial. I've been there several times myself, and it is moving, uh, especially when you see the names of the fallen that you've known or from your department. Um, It's a tough topic to talk about in the best of times, but it seems especially painful now with the national protests going on across the country. Uh, The trend for officers lost in the line of duty seems to be more either firearms or traffic. It seems to sort of bump each other out, those two top uh, causes. And recently you released a a mid-year report that projected COVID-related deaths to surpass uh, all other causes by the end of the year. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, sadly, Jim, we are the only living national monument in the nation's capital. And right now there are more than 22,000 names of brave men and women who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Um, It's a memorial we wish didn't have to be there because we wish that officers didn't have to die in the line of duty. Um, But it is there um, and we are committed to preserving their memory. Um, In our mid-year report, um, traditionally, firearms and traffic tend to be the top causes of death among officers. Um, This year, um, COVID is an interesting element. Right now, we have five COVID deaths that have been confirmed and another 53 that are pending. Um, If those 53 are confirmed, and we anticipate that they will be, COVID is poised to surpass any other cause of death among our officers this year. Um, that's pretty powerful. Um, this unknown enemy is out there. Um, and unlike, um, you certainly there's an emotional impact when an officer dies, their family, their colleagues, but COVID is this unknown enemy that has the ability to impact not only the officer, but their families and the people that they live with, um, so, you know, it's a it's a very terrifying uh, virus that's out there that our officers, you know, are out there facing on the front lines every single day. Right. Right. And and covid certainly has had impact or it should have had impact on the traffic related uh, deaths because traffic's down everywhere. Um, the, the normal flow of vehicle traffic. But um yet it remains high. Can you comment a little bit about that? 
Yes, so that was one of the disappointing findings in our report. Um, traffic uh, accidents are the second leading cause of death uh, right now uh, below firearms. Um, traffic is up 8% over last year. Last year during and the mid-year report runs through June 30th. Um, traffic as of deaths as of June 30th were 26 this year. Um, compared to 24 last year. So with many things being shut down across the country, people working remotely, um, there's definitely been less cars on the road and yet the number of officers killed in traffic related accidents has gone up. Um, traffic crashes remain high, um, officers being struck while outside of their vehicle. Um, we can't say it enough, uh, most states, in fact, I think all states have some form of a move over law. So we encourage everyone, whether you see um, a police vehicle, a utility vehicle, or a stranded motorist in the side of the road, please move over. Move over one lane and give them that extra space and let's let's cut these senseless deaths down. Yeah, no, that's, that's always a concern uh, for traffic officers and um, municipal officers as well when traffic congestion in cities is is really small and their their margin of error is even less than than on a highway um, tracking on duty or off duty deaths you do both no uh, Jim we actually uh, track line of duty deaths so an officer who is killed in the line of duty um, is is what we use as our criteria for um, putting their name on the wall Okay, so so then um, regarding COVID, I guess um, we can make the link to uh, exposure on the job. Is it similar to the the post 9/11 traumas where officers uh, might have taken years uh, for the effects to take a toll on officers? Uh, are we are we talking about presumptive um, injuries and illnesses as well? I think it's too early to tell how COVID will impact us down the road. Um, you know, with with 9-11 related deaths, we know that certain cancers and, and illnesses don't manifest themselves for a few years. Um, we don't really know yet what the long-term effects of COVID are going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, COVID deaths are treated uh, like any other type of medical death, um, and they do go through a review committee, and that's why uh, we have 53 deaths that are pending um, for confirmation because they have to be um, reviewed by uh, our team of doctors and experts that would look at it and say it is very likely that this officer contracted COVID while performing his or her job duties. Yeah, so I'm looking at your report, and that what you what you're saying is really important, and I, and I want to underscore that in your in your report you talk about of the 65 officers who have died in the line of duty this year, there are five confirmed COVID-19 cases, but confirmation is pending on an additional 53 cases already identified by the National Law Enforcement Memorial and Museum. Once confirmed, the total number of law enforcement deaths for the first six months of the year could skyrocket to 118 or a 55% increase over last year's midterm report. This would make COVID-19 related fatalities the single highest cause of law enforcement deaths occurring in the first six months of 2020. Well, this, these numbers are unprecedented, am, am I right? 
Yes, that's absolutely correct. And keep in mind that those numbers only go through June 30th. Um, my experience is that, you know, by the time we reach December 31st, those numbers could be even much higher than what we've already identified. Right. Yeah, 2020 continues to be a bane uh, on on everyone's existence, um, and especially tolling on law enforcement. So I've got to give the numbers. So they're in the six-month comparison from January 1st to July 21st in 2019, um, total fatalities were 85 at that point. Uh, for this year, we're at 73, so we're actually down 14%. That's good. Firearms-related, uh, one more this year over last year's six-month report at 30 to 31. And then traffic-related, we're up one uh, from 27 at this time last year to 28 this year. And then other causes is down significantly, uh, 28 last year in this six-month period, and 14 uh, for this six-month period, down half, down 50%. But knowing what we know about COVID, uh, those numbers could drastically change. And and how do you? What is the confirmation process? So, like any um, any death that is uh, medical related, whether the officer suffers a heart attack or um, is a nine related nine eleven related death, it goes before before um, that. There's a submission. Uh, to the, to the Memorial Fund and Museum, and our research team um, looks it over. They may ask for additional um, documentation, and then that, that information is forwarded on to a review committee, and they look at um, what what the circumstances surrounding the deaths were. Um, they have medical experts that they consult um, to determine whether that death occurred while the officer was uh, on the job. Mm -hmm. um, I also want to clarify that that um, because I don't want people to misunderstand. Yes, right as of right now, the other causes of death are down. But as you mentioned, there there are 53. Um, COVID cases that are pending right now. There are also probably a number of 9-11 related deaths that come in and typically we get those submissions later in the year because mm. they're submitted by a depart their uh, police departments. So it is not uncommon towards the end of the year for our research team to suddenly get 30 or 40 applications to review. Um, so while then those numbers look down right now, those numbers are going to change. Okay understand. So um, when we know these things occur, when we know firearms and traffic related uh, deaths are usually the number one and number two, and now COVID is the wild card. Um, what's being done by the memorial to track these things? Are you working with other experts in other fields, epidemiology in the medical field to uh, arm us with information on how to prevent these uh, injuries and deaths? Um, we have an in-house program called Destination Zero, which makes it, uh, the, the goal of which is to make it safer for those who serve. Um, and I'm very excited that this year, for the first time, we were able to offer a program um, for the law enforcement community immediately following the report's release. Um, panel discussion with experts from across the country, uh, health and safety, mental health, physical um, we believe that officers who are physically and mentally healthy are better officers and, and make for safer 
communities. And uh, our, our team is committed to providing programming that um, uh, highlights programs that are working across the country to help reduce officer stress, mental health issues, uh, physical stresses on the job, and, um, and best practices to cut down on the number of officers who are struck outside their vehicle or single car crashes, um, you know, true defensive driving techniques. Um, these are the kinds of things that our Destination Zero program focuses on to try and reduce the number of officer fatalities. COVID is a very new entity for us. Um, we are certainly um, have medical experts on our review committee. And as we learn more, uh, as the nation learns more about this virus and how it works, um, we certainly are going to be communicating to officers um, anything that we know that we can pass along. Right now on our website, there is a dedicated COVID page where we are sharing some information and um, people who visit our website can see across the country the officers, uh, the COVID cases that are being confirmed. Right, and I know, you know, every year the FBI or IACP come out with recommendations uh, regarding firearms and safety, and we talk about traffic all the time. Every state has a, a DOT, a Department of Traffic, and we look at the numbers. It's great to have uh, Destination Zero as a, another tool to use when uh, we're going before state commissions or federal commissions on uh, defunding ideas and how important uh, safety is to our officers. So let's talk a little bit about the the positive aspects of, of the memorial and the museum. Uh, it's great to go there, as I said, and um, you, you have uh, an opportunity to take an etching. I have etchings of three officers that I knew from San Francisco who um, died in the line of duty. I have those framed and it, it feels like something when you take those etchings and bring them back home. Tell us a little bit more uh, about the the memorial rides, the the runs, and the other things to sort of keep the the thoughts and the memories of of our officers. Sure. Well, that's of course at the very core of our mission. And I'll be honest with your uh, listeners, I don't come from a law enforcement background. So coming to the organization, and I've been there a little over three years, as an outsider, the memorial itself and what it represents to the community, um, to especially during police week when we see upwards of 30,000 people uh, gathered for uh, nonstop events at the memorial and for our candlelight vigil. It's an extremely moving experience and an extremely positive experience to be able to see the, the names of these brave men and women um, going all the way back to the 1700s. Um, who've given their lives in the line of duty um, is extremely powerful. People come and they leave tributes and um, the people, you know, it sits in, on federal land, the memorial itself, and, and just on any given day. And of course, now things are a little different with the COVID situation. But on any given day, you see people passing by and paying their respects, um, often just stopping to reflect in front of the memorial in front of a name or leaving flowers, tributes, 
um, and what have you. So it's a very, very moving experience. And then across the street, um, since 2013, we have had the National Law Enforcement Museum, which has um, a very interactive experience for people, as well as a number of artifacts on the history that showcase the history of American law enforcement. Um, and we're doing some really dynamic programming that have, have been selling out before we were uh, sort of forced to close our doors during the, the pandemic. Um, but things on social justice and on mental health, um, uh, lots of programming to engage and, and bring together law enforcement and communities. Yeah, those are great. I, I know we've always sent a contingent of bicycle riders for the Unity Ride every year, anywhere from eight to a dozen officers. Um, right now, I know you have the virtual Run for the Badge 5K. Uh, we could talk about the, the website where people can uh, register for that. And um, any virtual tours, uh, any plans to uh, have the memorial accessible online? So, yes, um, obviously, we've had to pivot a little bit of our programming um, and our experience for our visitors um, to online and more virtual programming. But I'm glad you brought that up. Um, let me address the Police Unity Tour, which is the, the bicycle riders that you've been referring to, um, has been a tremendous support um, to the organization, to the, both the Memorial and Museum. Um, they have raised millions and millions of dollars for us over the years. And the emotional impact of seeing these bike riders come in uh, from wherever they start. Um, they, you know, some of them take eight days, nine days to ride into Washington, D.C., and this outpouring of support when they arrive. And I've seen them come in in the pouring rain, um, and they are unwavering in their commitment. And the people who are there to greet them and support them are unwavering in their commitment. And it's just a really great visual to see. Um, we were extremely disappointed not to be able to have an in-person police week this year, so we did hold a virtual candlelight vigil. Um, we are looking at ways to bring the memorial in a socially distant and safe way during this COVID crisis um, to our supporters. Um, the museum has already started doing virtual programming at least once a month. They have a program. I encourage everyone to go to our uh, museum website, lawenforcementmuseum.org, to look at the upcoming programs, sign up. Um, right now, a lot of them are free, and they just you just have to register in advance, but they're very dynamic. Um, we have some of the best experts in the fields across the country participating in our programming. Nice. So you just mentioned lawenforcementmuseum.org. You also yep. have another link, uh, lawmemorial.org. Is that correct? That's correct. The lawmemorial.org will take you to the memorial uh, website. We, we are one entity. Um, so going to either of those websites will allow you to uh, click back and forth. Um, I want to mention one other thing because you mentioned Run for the Badge, and we are very excited about that. Um, it's a, an annual 5K that we have had uh, in the past. Um, it's been both a live event and a virtual event. Unfortunately, this year it will have to be a virtual event, but the registration is open, and we encourage everyone to show their support for law enforcement. 
Um, 100% of, of the proceeds benefits the uh, National Law Enforcement Memorial and Museum and, and goes toward keeping our officers safe. Um, you can run with your colleagues, your police departments, your family. Um, if you're in a, a location where it's safe to get out and run in a park or in your neighborhood, you can certainly do that. We're excited that this year uh, people will be able to participate in all 50 states on the same big day. That's Saturday, October 10th at 9 a.m. Awesome. I'm going to do it. Good. <laughs> I'll well, be there with you. <laughs> okay, virtually. Yes. Well, well Robin Small, uh, Director of Marketing and Media Relations for the National Law Enforcement Mu Memorial and Museum in Washington, D.C. Thanks so much for being on Policing Matters. Any final thoughts? Well, I want to give people the Run for the Badge website, and that is runforthebadge.org. So uh, everyone can go and sign up to run our virtual 5K. Um, but it's, you know, we are committed to our mission of making it safer for those who serve and honoring the, the fallen and educating the public, um, whether we have to do it virtually or whether we can do it in person. So we hope everybody will stay engaged with us. That's awesome. And thank you so much for what you do for the memories of the lost. And before concluding, I want to um, leave a memorial if I can. Uh, we it, At Police One and on Policing Matters, we have a policy of not naming uh, offenders um, in, in horrific events. And I think counter to that, I want to mention uh, four of our officers from the SFPD who are, are on the wall, and I've seen them and have etchings of three of the four, and I just wanted to mention their names. Um, lost in the line of duty, James Gelf, Sergeant John McCauley, Officer John Blessing, and Officer Isaac Espinoza. And... I've known all four uh, and had the pleasure and honor of working with them. And uh, I think every agency um, who has a name on the wall, uh, if you haven't been there, get there, uh, take a look. It'll be moving experience. And um, it's something that um, I think affects everyone differently, but um, it's very powerful. So to our listeners, thanks again for listening. If you haven't been to the memorial, get there soon. Um, if not in person, then virtually check it out. Uh, lawmemorial.org or lawenforcementmuseum.org. Well, what's going on in your neighborhood? What's happening in your state? Um, what else are you doing to keep the memory alive of uh, officers uh, from your agencies um, that we've lost? Protect yourself out there. Uh, we know COVID's a real threat. Wash your hands, wear your masks, be safe. And thanks for listening. Take good care. Bye.